so hello let's go we have veteran here once again oh lord after two two things that uh i had to do by myself oh poor you uh are we going to get this one uh out uh, together with the episode uh about 602 or are we going to just uh leave them alone no nah, we're going to do that separately okay so you probably heard uh uh, almost everything that you need to know about 6002. Now let's be be less. Uh, let's be more creative and be. Uh, um, I'm I'm looking. I'm searching for the word. Uh, let's let's try to be uh, less stressful this uh, today. Let's talk about failures. Okay, that that's if that's not an adverse logic, then nothing is. But let's go. Yes, but uh, people like to talk about other people's failures, especially if they're spectacular. Oh, I so agree. So today we are we are talking about spectacular technical failures. Uh, I don't know what Bedran uh, prepared for you. I know what I did. And the new thing that I'm trying to push to see if it works is going to be that today we are going to have a slideshow. Yay! For the first time, second time ever. Third time ever. So <laughs> we are going to try to be uh, more on point when it comes to at least something to look at uh, while you're listening to us uh, going on and on and on about the same things. Okay. So, so without further ado, let's do the intro. This is the Dead IT Show. Okay, Mr. Master Blaster. The first but the first part of the slideshow is all yours because you you made the first I, half, so Yes, I think that I have for some reason or the other uh, today I'm behaving like an old uh, radio host. So let's do, let's go and so on. I don't know what's what's, what's going on with me. Nah. <laughs> it's I, I think I have I have read too many students uh, assignments today and uh uh, I think that my mind is completely fried, but on the other hand, not as fried as the the mind of people who did all those things. Mm -hmm. What you are seeing right now is something that some of you may remember uh, as one of the greatest failures. Um, the reason why I put it as the first one is because it actually is one of the greatest failures. Uh, the thing that we are looking at is called Juicero. Juicero was, and it was for a very, very short time, an idea of uh, creating a machine that is able to make fresh juice. Uh, the twist was that the, that the juice should be pressed directly from the sachet or the small bag uh, that is going to contain fresh fruits and fresh uh, vegetables that are going to be pre-prepared. So you can use the machine and then get your uh, juice completely um, pressed out uh, when you want it, and it is going to be uh, in the best possible shape available. The thing is, the machine costs something like $700 uh, when it came out. Uh, development was also extremely expensive, and the main reason for this is that the machine is designed in such a way that uh, the bags that you see right on the screen uh, are not pressed in a way that everybody thinks it sh uh, they should be pressed, so by rollers. No, the machine is designed so that it um, exerts the force on the entire bag at once. So it's a big press. And if you had any uh, engineering uh, experience, you know that it is much, 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 much harder to uh, produce enough force if you uh, multiply the uh, area that you're pressing on. So basically, what they did is they created an enormous press, and then they create they needed to create this to be a mass product, uh, mass market product. Uh, obviously, they failed. The other thing that they failed at is that you had to buy the bags of uh, fruits, or, or vegetables, uh, as a subscription service. <laughs> so you had to buy them. You had you had to subscribe to the juices that you want to that you want to buy. 
<laughs> and each and each vegetable uh, bag was something like seven dollars or eight dollars uh, a piece. So, oh, I needed uh, this. Yes, the next thing. Uh, this has a shelf life. <laughs> so, so your your uh, basically your subscription is dependent on the speed of your delivery, because they need to be refrigerated. So, so uh, from start to finish, this wasn't a pretty bright idea. Please go to the next slide. This is Giusero when it was taken apart. And uh, the thing that all the people on the internet says, said is that this is an amazing feat of technology. It is an amazing feat of engineering because as you can see on the left, uh, all the cogs and everything inside is solid um, uh, aluminum or steel. So this is an amazing machine, but it completely fails to understand the point of uh, the entire thing. And the worst thing is that uh, as soon as this thing came out, uh, one of the, uh, the reviewers uh, tried, tried to squeeze out the bag with the fruits uh, by using his, his hand. Mm -hmm. He had something like 10% less juice in half the time without using the, without using the uh, Juicero. Mm -hmm. And this was the final nail in the coffin, and they just quickly uh, gave up on it. Uh, price was pledged to something like four hundred dollars because that this is considered cheap in in um, poor circles, in 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 the world that uh, needs uh, fresh juice pressers. And then they went out of business, and uh, Juicero was just a, a history part. I have a question. The uh, no no just just one one more thing. Mm -hmm. um, the part of the machine was the barcode scanner. So you couldn't squeeze anything other than the actual juices that you bought as a subscription. So you weren't <laughs> able to you weren't able to use it unless you scored uh, you um, uh, scanned the barcode of the uh, uh, bag. You had to be connected to the internet in order to do this. And the third thing is that uh, if your bag was out of date, uh, the machine refused to squeeze it. Of course. So, uh, I don't know. I, 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 when I see something like this, I uh, usually think that I would like to be the guy uh, who can watch the uh, initial pitch, initial meeting. Uh, and I'm not uh, talking about watching the guy who's presenting. I'm watching the guy who bought this and decided to invest hundreds of millions of dollars into this. Okay. Can I ask a question? So, your question? Actually, there are two, but I can shrink them into one. Obviously, people who made this did not uh, understand the history of, uh, let's say, similar products and or watched a movie like Coming to America. That's all I'm going to say. I think that the thing that we are missing here is the uh, uh, thing that is a problem when it comes to venture capital. Uh a person who is creating an amazingly uh, bad idea like this one mm -hmm. is usually the, the person who knows the least about the engineering. Mm -hmm. And the engineers are just waiting for a uh, opportunity to experiment on such a product. Because nowhere, uh, nobody sane is going to g uh, give you enough money to experiment on creating sm such a small mass product, mass product press. So if you're an engineer, I think that you are going to be inclined to just go and uh, work for uh, the product that is going to obviously fail because you want to get the experience. Because otherwise, nobody is going to pay you to uh, try to, do, uh, to work on something like this. Can I be a little bit reductive for a second? And yes. Again, one, one sentence only. Perhaps the reason why I mentioned the movie. Uh, the, the, the good people of the USA figured out the solution to all these problems long time ago. It's called, uh, it's called frozen oranges. Yes, but you are not being, you're not being, uh, Bay, no, no, Bay Area enough. Hmm. I disagree. This, this is the... This is the Bay Area thing. It, this is the, uh, this is the thing that can only be justified by people who are creating a culture of uh, fresh drinks, fresh fruits, fresh everything, so avocado sandwiches, and so on. People working at Google and other companies. Yes, pay, that's paying what six you times. Six, okay. Six, six times the price for the small apartment because they want to be near the near near where they work, and then they work from home. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
I got it. Holy moly! Okay, what so... a piece of. <clears throat> no, no, no! It, it, it was it was an amazing piece of engineering. I, I I'll, I'll give it that. No, no, as, as it a was, product, uh... as a product, that's what I wanted to say. Yes, as 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 an idea, as a product, completely missed the point. <laughs> missed the several points. Missed the whole page of points. But then again. Uh, like, give, give me the next, give me the next slide, please. Are all of your uh, spectacular failures as good as this one? No, this one is just to get you acquainted to uh, the Warmed opportunities up. that await you. Okay. This one is even more, even more um, amazing, because people actually think that this this was a, a product that made some money. Okay. Um, this is Segway. Mm-hmm. When it came out. It was 2001, so 23 years, years ago. ago okay. uh, this is the actually the X2 model, so the second model of the uh, Segway, because the first one was uh, a little bit uh, less complicated when it comes to controls, but it was much harder to ride, and it was much more prone to uh, getting people to fall over. Uh, one of the things that happened in the first model was that uh, if you ignored the... Uh, battery warnings uh this machine would simply stop working and since the battery working is one of the prerequisites for the machine to keep its balance it would just stop in its tracks and you would just fall over uh, over the uh, <laughs> over, over the tracks so so basically if you ignore the machine it would just throw you over and say okay i'm, I'm, I'm done with welcome you. to but the machine let's start let's start at the beginning um segue was the thing that um was uh, when when it came out was an idea of uh, a guy called Dan Kamen or Dean Kamen uh the thing is that in creation Kamen means a rock mm-hmm. so this would be a Dean rock um when when we're dealing with with him but uh what he did is he tried to create a, something called a human transporter and then uh, rename it to personal transporter and the idea was that uh, he was going to create a machine for the last mile of the, your journey. So the idea of this was to either be in your um, car, in the trunk of your car, so you can park somewhere and then go uh, riding uh, across the city, or to be uh, used if you are near, and by near I mean 10 or so kilometers from home, and you can go uh, to the city without using your car. The idea itself was okay, but the price was the problem. This thing costs five thousand dollars when it came when it came out, and it was using the old stylo batteries, so nickel cadmium batteries. So it took a whole lot to get charged. It was heavy, so you couldn't just log it along to your office. You had to put it somewhere, and it was unwieldy to use. And the other thing is that um, as soon as people uh, saw it. They th- uh, the first review said that this is going to be bigger than the internet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And 22, three years later, uh, the thing does not exist anymore. Uh, to be completely honest, I draw, I, I, I try to drive, a, I try to dri- drive a Segway. It is a nice thing if you have a large flat surface, uh, surfaces, like in a city. And by in a city, I mean in pedestrian zones. Mm-hmm. It doesn't uh, like uh, going up and down the curbs. Bumps. And especially, uh, bumps are okay if your knees are okay. Because it doesn't have any way of uh, softening the blows of the bumps. But the thing is that uh, all of these things are just, just were too expensive. They didn't make too much sense. Uh, way, 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 way until uh, the market actually didn't, didn't didn't want them mm-hmm. so what they did is they uh, sold something like I think the, the number is something like 140,000 units uh, across the entire time it was selling so across 21 years uh, while it was on because or 19 years sorry because um, this thing went out of uh, production in 2020 mm-hmm. And they're still used by uh, some agencies like uh, ambulances and police uh, police in some countries mm-hmm. because they do make sense with large uh, wheels and in the city center. I have a question. They're quick to... Yeah. Yes. So you mentioned some of the problems, but I, I'm kind of noticing one problem that combines two of your problems into a much, much bigger one. 
So you men- yes. mentioned the problem with the batteries, old style, okay. which meant that they were very difficult to charge, took a lot of time, and then they were also very heavy. So that's one thing. Okay. The second thing, this this thing is not exactly very small, and it's metal, so it's all, all together, even without looking at the batteries, it's heavy. Okay? Yes. When driving this at speed, heavy and speed, when you c- calculate those two things, like momentum together, if something happens, like a bump, like a speed hump, like something, you are going to get seriously injured. You know, because, because uh, you know what, what, what I want to say. So th- this doesn't look all that safe to me, having those parameters uh, in mind. I think I, I tried it. It wasn't that bad to drive. It, I wouldn't drive it in the maximum speed because maximum speed was something like 20 kilometers an hour. Yeah, my, my point exactly. Though. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't slow, but uh, it makes sense. It, it has some kind of sense as a product, but the problem was the price. Okay. Because for that price, you can buy an actual car. Mm-hmm. And you can buy a small electric car, or you could buy a small electric car uh, for the amount of money that they were ex- uh, expecting you to buy this, because they created basically two models. One was the uh, models you you can see on the on the image from the Wikipedia. Uh, you can see two models: the normal model and the large uh, large wheel model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other th- on on the other hand, uh, your um, you also could buy uh, something called um, uh, commercial grade and industrial grade uh, version of this that had a longer range and it was uh, quicker than the uh, consumer version, but it, it was also more expensive. And the funny thing is that um, uh, uh, in 2009, uh, Segway was actually bought by another US, in, uh, US inventor or invest, uh, investment banker who decided to invest in the, uh, bought the entire company. And then he actually died while riding Segway because he drove into a river. That's not a good omen. Uh, no, 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 that, that, that's not a good marketing uh, marketing uh, strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so <coughs> after this, uh, long after this, uh, this thing got bought by the uh, main competition. Um, and the main competition was the um, company from uh, company from China. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to lo- look it up. Just give me a second. Ninebot. Okay. And the Ninebot was actually when it came out, uh, uh, Segway was uh, was threatening that they're going to sue them because the technology that they were using in their own products was pretty similar to what Segway was doing, but much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then. After a while, Ninebot just bought this uh, whole Segway company, and then discontinued this part of the uh, this part of the product line. Familiar you stories. You can now buy those. Uh, you can buy those annoying uh, small two wheel thingies that you can uh, steer with uh, just by uh, moving um, moving your body. Mm-hmm. But this is not near what Segway was because uh, they're much smaller, and they are not intended to uh, scale any kind of curb or any kind of uh, non-flat surface. I drove, uh, usually, you know, I don't drive these things. That's more your area. And I actually drove my accountants uh, two scooters. So two-wheeled scooters, electrical ones, the smaller one and the bigger one. He is crazy about the the scooters and he has, I think, three or four of them and he's buying them uh, like bi-yearly or something. The, The latest one that he bought is from uk something very big and very expensive and it has suspension so i drove that one all over the his neighborhood when i went to him to give him some papers for his accounting okay. uh, job to, that he does for me and i drove around it was in the evening so the the neighborhood was empty i was jumping around on the curbs and everything that one was actually quite comfortable to drive which only further proves the fact that the bigger ones the latest technology with Suspension actually do make sense. In our city, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with this, these sorts of scooters in our city with all of, the, all of the speed bumps, all of the curbs, and especially all of the potholes, if you don't have the, 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 some kind of a suspension, you are going to break your back or something, or knees or, or something. You know, it's just plain, plain suicide to drive those things at speed and because you don't want to drive that slowly. Yes, but uh, the other thing is that uh, the main problem that we all have uh, with all this 
scooters, uh, personal mobility devices, however you call them, mm-hmm. is that people always want to have them uh, behave, be faster, mm-hmm. be larger, mm-hmm. be uh, better at battery life and so on and so mm-hmm. on. So uh, they quickly become an annoyance. Yep. Because no, uh, no, a lot of people are not uh, what you would call disciplined drivers. Yep. And I have driven a scooter that also had the suspension, but the um, it had uh, two times 1.5 kilowatts uh, of um, motors uh, for the front and the back drive, so three, three, three kilowatts of uh, power. And this was seriously, seriously uh, dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Because they are limited to something like 75 kilometers an hour. Uh, if you want, you can take that uh, limit off just by doing the software upgrade. And I have seen a model that has uh, five kilowatt motors and then uh, it can use, actually uh, go over this to something like seven kilowatts uh, in, peak, um, in, peak, in peak consumption. And it is capable of doing 120 kilometers an hour. The one that I drove was roughly around 70, 80 kph. Yes, and the thing is that you, when you are driving on a small scooter that has a, um, wheels the size of a, I don't know, Big Mac, mm-hmm. um, a plank, you are basically you are basically an organ donor. Yeah, exactly that. Hence the, the reason why I usually say you're better off with a car. Yes, I switched from this from my scooter to my car because I wanted to uh, when I got my kid, because I decided that uh, enough is enough. Yeah, your life was uh, actually precious. And still is. Mm, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't, wouldn't call it precious, but I liked it. Yeah. You like surviving, <laughs> especially in our roads. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this one wasn't so spectacular, but it made actually no sense. It created a piece of the market that nobody paid any attention to uh, until the uh, guys from China came into the market and created a thing that actually made sense because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one. There you go. Oh, the Google Glass. Oh, God, no. <laughs> the, sign, the main sign that you are an idiot uh, who is willing to spend uh, $1,500 to uh, wear a low-resolution screen on your eye, uh, you, you, you are also going to get monovision, so you can only look at the screen and with one eye. Resolution was abysmally small. The... Uh, Okay, to be fair, the batteries were okay. But besides making it look like a dork, uh, this one didn't make any sense. It was too big, too unwieldy, uh, too expensive for most of the people. And But this was before when Vision Pro came out. I was actually going to ask you to perhaps have an honorable mention. <laughs> No, 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 no. The honorable <laughs> mention is the Vision Pro, and we are going, exactly. to, are going to talk about this uh, well, as soon as we finish with this one. But uh, this was uh, introduced by I do, I do have a complaint. This one makes you look like a dork. The hell does uh, Google Vision Pro make you look like then? A diver. No, it doesn't. You look, you look like a stupid diver. You look like a, somebody who didn't uh, didn't take off his uh, diving uh, uh, gear, and you just, but. Uh, I think that this one was meant to uh, to make it look cool all the time. Vision Pro is more or less designed to make you uh, look like you are working and you have the money to spend. Because this one, compared to Vision Pro, this one was cheap. This one was $1,500. Vision Pro is $3,500. <laughs> so this one was cheap. But on the other hand, I think that the best part of the Google Glass was the introduction. If you remember the introduction they did in the Moscone, uh, in San Francisco, vaguely I do remember uh, that uh, they they got a, a group of uh, skydivers mm-hmm. to parachute down to Moscow and then uh, deliver the vision, uh, the, deliver the uh, Google Glass to the um, I think it was Brin on on the on the stage. But the thing is that this one was too expensive. It didn't have any applications on it. It was severely limited by technology back in the day, and it didn't make any sense when it came out because people didn't like people don't like being actually recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, when there is a a camera constantly pointed at your face, mm-hmm. you suddenly become um, nervous and you don't 
want to talk to this person. Yeah. And this is one of those things when the when the entirety of the uh, uh, the uh, application is the camera and the biggest part of the machine is the camera because this is the most uh, annoying part. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you think that this person is something that was going was recording all the time. Although to be also completely honest, you weren't able to record all the time because the battery would run out. <laughs> yeah. So this one was a failure. Then there was an enterprise version of this that was supposed to be better. A couple of years later, that uh, when Google tried to save this project, but it slowly faded away as with the rest of the Google's projects. Uh, oh, on the Google Junkyard. Uh, yes, Google Graveyard. Yes. So uh, now the reiteration that uh, we are calling um, Vision Pro is similar, but I think that it is going to be have the same fate. It is going to go into the into the books as a failure, but for a different reason. Okay. I think that Vision Pro makes sense. I don't. The technology is the technology is there, but I think that the problem is that uh, a you look like a dork, mm-hmm. and b they are trying to push it as a mainstream product that costs uh, three and a half thousand dollars. Uh, it's not mainstream. That's it's just like saying that. Way. That's just like saying that Tesla is a mainstream product. Tesla was supposed to be a mainstream product. But they were supposed to have a car that is going to be cheap because they were aiming for a $30,000 car. Yeah. But somehow uh, they always end up with a, a base model that you cannot buy and then uh, much, much, much more expensive models that you have to buy or you can buy. Uh, uh, Vision Pro doesn't have a cheaper model. Yeah. It has more expensive models, but does have a cheaper model. Okay. I think that the idea is that you are that we are going to see uh, much more of a lesser technology, but uh, cheaper products on the market soon. Uh, as soon as the people realize that some of the things that Vision Pro did were okay, uh, I am not against what they are doing. Mm-hmm. I am against the way they are doing it. Okay. Uh, Google Glass was just completely uh, the way they were doing it, uh, what they were doing, and the idea behind it. Okay, there is also a Snapchat, uh, a Snapchat uh, glasses that did the same thing. There is right now you can buy. I think you can buy Ray-Bans with uh, yes. integrated camera for Snapchat uh, right that. now. But they are not as annoying as Google Glass because Google Glass was trying to uh, get you into the internet, uh, con- in- uh, always connected internet things. Uh, it was trying to be um, your assistant and so on and so on, but technology wasn't there. So it just looks stupid. Yeah, it looks like an IoT device with a camera stuck on top of your head. Yes, it is. And the other thing is that uh, it is uh, it was unable to directly connect to the internet. So you had to provide it with uh, some way of connecting. Of course, you had to have a mobile phone tethered to the internet so that you can wirelessly connect. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man. Okay, the next one. Okay. So, do you know what this is? Is this Zoom? Yes, yes. Finally, I know a product. So this one was this one was one of those things that Microsoft was doing because there were Microsoft. Uh, do, do you know how I recognized it? No. Because of the font. The UI. The font. Yes, the, the UI. UI font. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing that Microsoft did. I think that this product was as well thought out as uh, iPods were. Okay. Because it was a direct. Uh, it was a direct. Um, uh, let's say, response to what iPods were. But the thing is that uh, Microsoft did a few things wrong. First of those was that it didn't make any sense to have iPods, uh, uh, didn't have the Zoom without the backing of the uh, application or the thing that, uh, the application store or the song store, the Apple Music store. And the other thing was that uh, it just was a copy of something that was actually that actually made sense. So it was the font is correct because Microsoft actually did a good uh, good job of uh, developing this thing, and I think it was developed uh, probably as good as uh, what iPod had at, the, at that particular moment. Uh, the only thing that it lacked was the Music Store because 
what Apple did is they didn't only create a device, they also created a store to uh, back the device up. Mm -hmm. They enabled you to upload your uh, MP3s to the iPods and uh, get them on the run and so on. And the other thing is that it just looked like Microsoft. It wasn't cool. It was plasticky. It was uh, just another player uh, that was between those cheap players that you could buy uh, in any uh, conceivable uh, technical store and the iPod that is expensive. So they tried to make it look cool. The design was, I would call it okay. I like this design with these fonts and uh, I like the idea of the UI that they had, but as a whole, they spent a whole, a whole lot of money on something that didn't make too much sense. Mm -hmm. It was just not designed for the market that uh, you didn't look cool with this. You just looked like you trying. You are trying to look cool, but don't have the money for the iPod. Yeah. So my my perspective on the story, I went to a couple of cheap MP3 players, as you mentioned, that you could buy in any convenience store probably, and then I just got bored with that and just bought iPod Touch. And never look yes, back. Yes, this, 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 this is the thing. Yeah. You just didn't go uh, middle of the road. And this is a middle of the road device. It was too plastic to be a device that you would be proud of. So were these, also, the smaller iPods were also very plastic in the minis. Yes, but the minis uh, were intended to look like uh, small plastic iPods. But they were they were created they were created uh, or manufactured. Uh, yeah, it was a better better uh, product, definitely. So this one was just uh, one of those things where Microsoft uh, uh, lost a lot of money trying to become something. And this is going to be a recurring theme because uh, a little bit later, uh, Microsoft bought Nokia. Oh, Lord. And uh, this, font, this font was something that was used in uh, Windows Phone, if you remember. Oh, that's exactly or the reason why was... I recognized it. Yes, and this was the this was the phone that they used in uh, their next endeavor when they were trying to uh, establish themselves as the phone manufacturer by buying Nokia and then creating their own line of phones, which also wasn't bad, but it didn't have a store, and there were no applications for it. There were, but and, not enough. Yes, but uh, when you start something like this, when your when your uh, competition has something like. 300,000 applications, 400,000 applications, half a million applications on the store, and you're starting your store with 70, uh, not 1,000, but 70 applications, uh, people don't want to wait for the next application to uh, come to the market. No argument for me. What you have to do, you have to have at least top 100 uh, best down, uh, most downloaded applications from all the markets already prepared on your market in order to start. Yeah. And Microsoft simply didn't do this. Yeah. So, uh, as the guy from Google said uh, when the Nokia was bought by Microsoft, uh, two turkeys don't make an albatross. Yeah. So this was just this was this was one of the one of the better comments uh, of what Microsoft That's did. That's awesome. And the thing is that Microsoft is just good at execute badly executing things that should that would work for most of the companies, but they are just mis-executing them. Windows Phone is a perfect example of that. Yes, at Windows Vista and... Uh, don't don't go to the, the... Please don't. Uh, Windows Phone, in this case, is a good example because unlike the other products that you mentioned, Windows Phone was a good product. Yes, the product itself was good, yeah. but the execution was ex extremely, extremely bad. Yeah, shoddy. Okay. Okay, the next one. Okay, there we go. So, do you know what this is? Uh, I actually have no idea. This is the future of uh, personal transport. No, but it's not. The 80s. <laughs> this one is called uh, Sinclair C5. Okay. And this was uh, where uh, Clive Sinclair uh, decided that he's going to uh, invest his money after he was uh, successful in trying to... Um, in, in, in creating a small computer market. So all the spectrums and everything else that was sold was uh, uh, was a way to uh, get the money to invest in something like this. So this was the idea of this was uh, to be uh, uh, way ahead of its time. This was an electric-powered bicycle 
you can see it has the pedals. Mm -hmm. It has an electric motor uh, fixed to the left, uh, the back left uh, wheel of the whole thing. And these are the only things that I can say uh, that are good about this. Why is it good to have a motor strapped to one wheel? You at least have a motor. So the idea was for you to have a small. Uh, it, it would be it would be much worse if it were just a bike. Okay. And so the idea was that you could use this to uh, commute uh, to the city and back. Something like Segway was supposed to do, but this was supposed to be. Uh, this was intended to be driven in, um, for longer distances. And then longer distance, I mean a couple of kilometers probably. It had a lead battery because it was uh, 80s. Mm -hmm. um, it had a puny motor that was uh, couple pushing of horsepower. you forward. Yes, and the, the thing, but the main thing wasn't this. Um, you see these two pictures. The, on the left, you can see the actual uh, uh, C5. Mm -hmm. On the right, you see uh, people from uh, UK who are, of course, uh, they have a club. They are the C5 Owners Club. And of they course. Are, they are uh, get, gathering together to show off their uh, I love me, my devices. Yes, you see, you see the usual stickers where the bike, uh, the, all the places the bike has seen and so on and so on. The reason why I had to include this uh, image on the right is uh, for people to understand how small this thing actually is. Mm -hmm. So you are reaching, when you are sitting in it, first, you are, uh, your um, controls are positioned below your knees. You do, do you see on the image that everybody yes. who has the foot zone of pedals uh, they the controls are uh, below the knees. Mm -hmm. So actually, what you are uh, you are seeing here is that people have to more or less. I wouldn't call it lie down, but this is not sitting. Yeah, this this cannot uh, be comfortable. Okay, it can be comfortable, but not for a long time. But the other thing, and that this thing is a big thing, is that since you are so low, okay, you cannot turn over. This was the idea because this has three wheels. Uh, okay, low center of gravity, blah blah blah. I don't have I don't have the idea why uh, people from UK always insist, insist of three wheels instead of four for the modes of transportation that they're doing. I'm calling out Reliant Robin. On this <laughs> Please one. don't. I have the exact the exact picture and the exact scene from Top Gear in my head right now. <laughs> yes. So so this has a lower center of gravity, so it doesn't turn over. But the main problem is that this was supposed to be using uh, roads. Okay. So this was not a vehicle that was intended to be driven on the uh, footpaths. And if you are on the road... That's not uh, going to work with unless, these wheels. Unless you have something that is going to help you uh, to be seen, like this huge thing on the, uh, uh, on the left, uh, on the left image, you have seen this huge uh, thing that looks like a handle. The idea of this is to make you more visible in the traffic. Traffic lights. Uh, there was also there was also a version that had the flag. Oh lord! So God. you had the flag, a small flagpole. Uh, <laughs> that was something like one hundred one point four meters long, or one point five meters long, and then uh, this was the way that you were supposed to be um, more noticeable in the traffic. So this was one of those great ideas way before the time. And the execution was awful. Um, also, please note one thing. What is uh, unusual about the image on the left and, and on the right? I don't know. They're ugly as hell. No, 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 no. The sun. Uh, you need special timing if you want to uh, get the images uh, that are going to look like people are not freezing to death and, and or um, being rained on. This thing has no um, way of protecting the uh, uh, passenger or the whatever, the driver or the person using it. So does it make sense in the UK? I don't know. No, it doesn't. But anyways, it, it wasn't successful. Uh, it is fun to drive. Uh, there are a couple of those in Rijeka. Uh, you can actually test. Uh, they take them out of the storage a couple of times a year and you can drive them uh, to see how they work. Mm -hmm. um, in the Pika Pocket Museum 
and uh, I tried them. They are fun if you are just testing them out, but owning one, investing money in it, and then driving it around, no thanks. There are easier ways to get killed, and this is uh, this is just plainly stupid. Uh, you know what? Okay. What this reminds me of? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, because uh, I, for some reason, I keep on mentioning this game lately a lot. But you played it as well. Maybe you'll remember. Uh, there is a sequence in Full Throttle game, in the oh, on, okay. on the mine road where there are those weird cat-like mysterious like a mixture of cat and turtle or something mysterious creatures driving on bikes that look very similar to this except they look sporty and they're leaned forwards uh, that's the only difference but this reminded me of that heavily for some reason i don't i don't think this is uh this is uh by chance because this was known as a failure when it came out <laughs> So, okay. because this one was an immediate failure. Yeah. Uh, unlike Segway. Like, whew, direct on the nose. Yes. Okay. Okay, the next one. Uh, I can see in the previous screen what are, which are the next ones, and I'm uh, gearing up for a fight, by the way. Okay. Go ahead. So, do you know what this is? Web TV! Yes, also called MSN TV. Oh, Lord, help. Because Microsoft had to uh, get the uh, amazingly um, uh, and completely unusable terminal and uh, decided they're going to be uh, investing in the entertainment market. Mm -hmm. So what this thing was, this was basically a internet terminal, as it said, says on the box. Mm -hmm. These two were available um, when this was introduced to the market. You got either got a Philips or got a uh, Sony. Um, smart card was intended to be there for the encryption so that you can actually um, uh, get some uh, encrypted materials or encrypted movies uh, streamed to you. But streaming is a little bit overdoing it. Mm -hmm. We are talking about 90s when the internet wasn't so available. Speeds were nowhere near what they are today. So the best that you could expect was... Uh, I would say a bad version of the internet with some uh, potato uh, uh, potato quality uh, images and this was at best and this is coming from a guy who just like me started his streaming career with real video and real audio okay Yes, but what I didn't do is I didn't invest hundreds of millions of dollars into trying to launch a product based on real media in the 1990s. And good, good for you that you didn't. <laughs> yes, uh, for two reasons. Because I didn't have uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And even if I had those, I wouldn't do it. Uh, it was a day, it was, um, uh, this product was released when uh, Microsoft was uh, pushing, if you remember the... Um, time when Internet Explorer 4 came out. Okay. Do you remember the channels? The active desktop for the uh, for the Windows? I vaguely remember that, yes. Uh, do you remember the idea of your desktop being an HTML page yes. that would get automatically active. updated from Microsoft like servers? Like active desktop something, whatever was it called? Yes, 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 yes. So it had channels where you could uh, subscribe to um, basically RSS feeds of different uh, companies, mm -hmm. but as was with Microsoft in, at that time, it wasn't called the RSS feed because Microsoft tried to redefine everything and get their money, uh, get the uh, patents, patents on it. And the Active Desktop was amazingly, uh, from the standpoint of security, amazingly, amazingly bad idea. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, this comes from the same guys who are trying, who are trying to reinvent the internet, reinvent the media, reinvent everything, and this is supposed to be streaming TV. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, where you had you could uh, count on having a mobile uh, a mobile sorry modem, twenty eight point eight k at maximum. Yes, but even even if you had something uh, something quicker, it wasn't nearly as uh, uh, as capable of uh, streaming anything that would be considered normal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now for the web TV. After the web TV, what comes next? The fight. Okay. Oh, the plate. If you start dissing this device, you're going to feel the wrath of me and many other people. 
Can, can we agree? On, I'm not going to. No, no, can we agree on one thing? Do you think it was kind of cool? I think it was completely cool. Okay. But I think that it wasn't old enough to be retro. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, powerful enough to be uh, Future. what it was intended to be. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, what they did is that they, if you take a look at the... Okay, let's first let's, let's say what this is. This is a Nokia Engage. This was supposed to be the gaming platform from Nokia. It was supposed to be a connecting stone between uh, the mobile phone and the gaming platform. In 2003, so, mind you. Yes, 2003. So 20 years ago. If you take a look at this thing, you can see on the left, you can see, the, you can uh, listen to music, you can uh, listen to radio. Yep. Or you could listen to radio. Yep. Then the rest of the thing is uh, commands for the mobile phone and for the uh, for the uh, operating system. Which was Symbian based, uh, by the way. Yes, it was Symbian based. Uh, you have the controls that resemble controls for the for a console, mm-hmm. so you can t- you can see that the seven and five are marked as uh, red buttons because they were used in the games. Uh, a couple of them that existed. Uh, uh, it was not a couple of them. It was almost sixty games. Oh, so it's more than a couple. Yes. Oh okay. well. Anyways, Call of Duty, Civilization, Calling McRae. Crash Nitro, FIFA. Yes, because yes, because when when you start start to lose money, uh, you might as well start losing uh, spectacularly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, the other thing that uh, is uh, present are the huge connectors for the headphones, mm-hmm. and there is a reason for this. Do you see uh, the headpiece uh, anywhere on the on this part of the phone? Nope. So the headpiece is located on the other side of the phone, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be uh, getting your phone uh, near your face when you're talking, uh, perpendicular to the face. So basically, you are just um, uh, getting the edge of your phone uh, connect uh, to, to your uh, ear to be able to talk. So imagine have me having my phone like this. Yeah, I remember those days because we had a couple of friends who had them and loved them. Uh you and I actually know, one of those know a things, couple of people who had them. Uh, I think that this is one of those things that would probably uh, make it today. Uh, but simply because uh, they didn't have enough games, they didn't have enough uh, content, and most importantly, the technology wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, the screen was too low, uh, uh, too low resolution. Uh, the battery didn't last long when we, when we were playing. All true. Um, if you want, if you wanted to play, you basically lost the mobile, uh, uh, the convenience of a mobile phone, because what you would do, you would just simply uh, get your mobile phone um, almost immediately uh, empty. Mm-hmm. Because it took a couple of hours of gaming or, or working on this phone to um, Drain battery. deplete the battery. So this wasn't a console. This wasn't a mobile phone. It was just a thing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make too much sense. Okay. This is one of those things. It, it didn't make, make too much sense. I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's bad, but it didn't make sense. And of course, when something doesn't make sense... Uh, People are going to uh, quickly uh, realize that it doesn't make sense and stop uh, stop buying it. Also, Engage wasn't cheap. Yeah. And for a phone that was a mediocre phone and a console that had uh, 60 games on it, people weren't uh, willing to buy it. So, as with everything that, uh, that was uh, bad for it, Nokia just decided to give up. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be one of the phones. I'm just going to honorably mention something because I must say that I missed Nokia from those days. Mm-hmm. Because what they did back in the day is that they weren't afraid to experiment. Yeah. Uh, they had some stupid ideas. They had some amazing ideas. But uh, the Nokia back way then and the mobile phone manufacturers back way then were much, much, much more uh, inclined to experiment and uh, try different uh, form factors. Can I interject with a couple of pictures because i want to tell you what this reminds me of okay kind of because you mentioned it wasn't retro enough and i agree with you 
these okay. are some of the things that it reminds me of. Yes, but, uh, it was supposed to remind you of this. You know, various different types of these things. Yes, I know. So it's kind of plucking at my, you know, retro heartstrings just like yours. Yes. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware that it was quite unsuccessful and a big flop. It was cool, uh, in, a, in a way ahead of its time, but as you said, if only it, uh, it happened, let's say, 15 years later. I would say even 10 years later would be uh, would be a better thing because uh, uh, what they did or what they didn't do is they uh, they could do better if they had a operating system that would be more capable um, simply because what they did uh, and what all the other uh, players on the market did back way then mm-hmm. was they were trying to be non-standard enough to be uh different yeah and and this standardization was something that was lacking uh back way then because basically what it meant is that you had to create your your games specifically for nokia engage mm-hmm. and as big as nokia was back then uh it wasn't big enough to make people uh create enough uh applications for it yeah also the screen was too small to have anything the screen wasn't, uh, and we must because we are t- uh, we are that old. We must uh, uh, say that this screen wasn't a touch screen. Mm-hmm. People people tend to look the look at the screen and say, "Okay, this was a touch screen." No, it wasn't a touch screen. Yep. you had to use the navigation uh, buttons on the left. Mm-hmm. So it was a good product. It was a bold product, but it was a failure. Yeah. No, no. It was one of the, of the biggest failures uh, back way then when Nokia existed. Yeah. Okay. And this this is same something because this comes to the guy who tried to create an interface uh, for inputting text just by using a wheel. So, okay. please, the next slide. There we go. Bleep. Oh, do you know what, what this is? What in the name of everything that is holy is this? I, I recognize the connector. Is... I have no idea what this is. So, this is uh, 24 years ago. This one is called the QCAT. Okay, I'm getting the CAT reference. Please continue. So, uh, the QCAT, the idea of QCAT was something uh, different. The idea of QCAT was that you are going to have a device that is, go- that is going to be... Um, in- the main intention of the device was to um, create uh, something that would connect printed media to your computer. Okay. So the idea was this. You got this thing plugged into your computer. Okay. This thing was a basically a modified barcode scanner. Okay. You got it for free. You could get it for free uh, from different vendors. And once you got it connected to your computer, it took about an hour to connect it because it has, uh, it has different drivers. So you, it took you an hour to uh, make this thing work. Although it had, um, it had a standard connector. This one was, was connected between your keyboard and the PC. Okay. So this is why the connector is uh, the purple one. Uh, something that you that, that that is familiar to you. Yeah. Because it is in a PS2 collector. Yeah, PS2. And the idea was this. Um, Back in the day, they got uh, contracts with different uh, with different big uh, companies that are producing printed uh, magazines like Forbes, uh, like uh, I think they had something like uh, Radio Shack, probably magazines. Uh, probably a couple, a couple of them. But the thing was that they got a contract with uh, uh, a lot of companies that are producing uh, that are producing uh, content, and those companies. Uh, what they did is they created some content that was exclusive for the web users. Mm-hmm. Back way then when web was just a small child that uh, has uh, had limited capabilities. And you could use this one to scan a barcode under the, under the uh, article. Okay. So you could connect through the internet to read or to get the uh, rest of the information. 
And since there were no other ways of connecting uh, and getting your to type in the URL for the um, uh, for the uh, article itself, what you got was this thing. Basically, like a, what we use cameras for barcode readers nowadays. This is the version zero 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 one alpha of that. Yes. Okay. The only thing was it, it was it was free. Mm -hmm. The only thing is that. Uh, they needed to create a new uh, version of the barcode because there was uh, there is a, uh, there is a copyright patent on the barcode itself. So uh, they tried to reinvent the wheel and they created their own barcode. So this thing wasn't able to uh, read the barcodes unless uh, the actual barcodes. It was using something called a Q code or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and. You could modify it because people liked it uh, because it was free. So people bought, uh, bought, got a lot of them and tried to modify it to be a normal barcode reader. There was a software for this. Mm -hmm. They uh, tried to modify it to be different things. They failed because this was a barcode reader. But this was the first thing that was given away free. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the problems. People realized that uh, an enormous amount of technological junk is being created for no particular reason. If you wanted to use a thing like this, so, I don't know, a QCAT uh, while you were reading something, you had to read it by your computer. And remember, way, way back then, computers weren't small. Mm -hmm. So you actually had to take a newspaper to the computer in order to read something. <clears throat> and it, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, uh, more or less, they folded after, uh, I'm say, uh, I'm checking, $185 million investment. Holy moly. Uh, the other thing is that when you wanted to get this thing running, you had to leave the entire uh, information about you, almost including your shoe size. So you had to uh, f fill out the questionnaire because uh, it, they were using this as a proto um, uh, ad uh, collection uh, service. So once they got you uh, connected, they were able to see who you are and then they were able to connect you to the articles that you're reading, reading and then trying to make money out of it. Mm -hmm. On the paper, it looks like it looks good. But since reading the paper required a special interface and it was expensive, more or less it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it, was, it was basically folded uh, quickly. Okay. Um, I'm just going to take a look because I have uh, notes here. Uh, it says that they were distributing uh, those things with Parade, Forbes, and Wired. Mm -hmm. uh, Forbes distributed 830,000 QCATs. Mm -hmm. Wired mailed half a million of those. So, uh, and the price of each one, the manufacturing price was something like $6.5. Uh, $6 mm -hmm. So a lot of money went into uh, basically creating free hardware that is going to be just mailed. Mm -hmm. And almost all of it went into the junk uh, very quickly. So, a commercial failure, failure of technology, and basically a failure of understanding what the technology is going to be. Okay. Next one, please. There you go. Oh, you know what this is? It looks like some kind of a controller, but I've never seen it, actually. I have no idea what it does. Why, why is it so special? Uh, it is special because it was one of the things uh, that uh, redefined how the... Um, uh, console market uh, was supposed to look like. The thing is that they were trying to create, this one is called Ouya, mm -hmm. or Oja, or I'm going to go with Ouya. Okay. Ouya, okay. Uh, this is supposed to be an Android-based console that would be able to run games. Okay. You would, theoretically, you would connect it to the HDMI port on your TV, the cube part, and then you had the controller enabled in order to play the games. Okay. So far, so good. The thing is that they uh, were expecting that this is going to be something like $100. Mm -hmm. This is also okay. Mm -hmm. But the thing that they was also expecting is that they're going to be uh, launching it uh, in 2013. Mm -hmm. They actually launched in 2015. Okay. And uh, they didn't change the, um, they didn't change the uh, specification of the uh, processor. And they didn't change anything. So what basically happened is that uh, they started on Kickstarter. People started to be anxious. People started to be mad. 
Um, this was supposed to be uh, cheap. It was. But um, the problem is that it simply didn't got enough traction because people just uh, started to get afraid that, that this is not going to ship any uh, any anytime soon. So uh, beggars uh, went out of it. And basically what happened is that nobody wanted to uh, buy it. Mm-hmm. So they created a console that had a lot of a uh, lot of uh, potential. It was when it came out as an idea, it was an ideal uh, console on the market because it was cheap, easy to use, and uh, supported by, by everything. But since they, it took them uh, two and a half years to get it to the market to actually have some uh, consoles that the people were able to use, by then it was so 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 old and Absolute. it didn't make any sense yeah. to use. So. Uh, the reason why this is on this list is because this is one of the um, one of the biggest uh, Kickstarter uh, success stories or failure stories back in the day, because this one actually raised three point seven million dollars in two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I from can, people. I can understand why. So, it this was just a failure to execute. Mm-hmm. I have one worse uh, than this. But uh, we are going to get to the, this, uh, the, this. This is the last one of, um, of mine. Please go to the next you slide. You have one more. Yeah. So, do you know what this is? Beer fridge that's somehow smart or something? Yes, the coolest cooler. Never seen one. I'm just, you know, using my eyes to judge. No, but nobody did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So so basically so basically uh, imagine this uh you create a marketing campaign on the Kickstarter mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, work you say okay uh and then redo it the next time you try it a couple of months ago, months later this one actually works it not only works but it gets funded by 13.2 million dollars and 62,642 backers. So, basically, uh, this is a huge success. Yeah, this is supposed success. to be. Okay. Yes, it's a huge success when it comes to uh, getting the money um, uh, it was uh, trying to do. <coughs> the goal was something like $135,000. So, it was an amazing success. It was supposed to be a blender. Uh it had this uh, USB speaker, mm-hmm. USB charging port, lamps, cooler, bottle opener, opener plates, knife, um, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, supposed to be able to be rechargeable, uh, including a lithium iron uh, lithium iron battery. Okay. So, more or less, a good idea if you plan to uh, if you plan to barbecue. Um, if you plan a barbecue or a small picnic, whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing that uh, was pro- uh, was a problem with this was that this was too successful for its uh, oh, for for it to for it to exist. Um, if you want to create, I don't know, 40, 50, 100 units of this, you can do it by hand. Mm-hmm. If you need to create sixty four thousand units of this, you need to do some serious manufacturing. And when they designed the initial Kickstarter uh, Kickstarter offer, they were planning that there, there is going to be um, they're going to be selling probably a thousand units or so. Mm-hmm. When they had to switch to using China uh, manufacturers mm-hmm. because this is the only way they could get the uh, unit count that they needed, suddenly uh, the problem you they were trying to solve is how to ship air. Because this thing is 80% air. It's just bulky, big box that has air inside, and it's expensive to ship. And the they weren't counting on shipping being such a large problem. Okay. So what happened is that they were trying to uh, first they got the uh, they got the uh, Kickstarter campaign, then they. Uh, decided two years later that they're going to uh, apologize to everybody because they didn't ship a ship a single thing in two years then they were trying to um, get another uh, round of uh, backing because they wanted people to pay another something uh, a couple of dollars i think it was 20 dollars or so 
in order to uh, sorry 97 dollars to get expedited shipping uh, on their coolers and this actually uh, me meant that they were able to uh, fulfill something like 10,000 uh, orders out of 64,000 but okay to cut the long story short uh, after what is it uh, two, uh, 2014 was the initial clicks Kickstarter they folded in 2009 uh, 19 and they still haven't uh, fulfilled something like 26,000 uh, callers and out of those that actually came to the uh, people who backed them uh, a lot of them were uh, less than uh, satisfactory quality excellent so so basically uh long story on how to create a successful idea uh start producing it get the market uh, interested and then completely fail at actual production yeah yeah no okay actually i have nothing to add to that it's just horrible Yes. Okay. So, let's see. Let's see your part of the your part of the failures. No, we are not going to see that. We're actually going to split this oh. in two. Yeah. We're going to have to. Split okay. This so in two. this was just me. This was just me going through the biggest failures that I've seen. Yeah. Now and the next uh, okay. next next episode is going to obviously be me doing the same and you joining me. So. Okay. Maestro, if you would please do the outro as well. Okay, so uh, we'll see you. We'll see your part of it next time, uh, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to see what you have planned. Okay. See you guys. Okay. See you guys next time. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.